started this month, try to figure finish up. I want to thank Brother DeMove. He's did such a good job teaching. Amen. You know, I, I was going to do it, and then I thought, oh, let me just let him do it. <laughs> so it is good. Amen. But I want to try to see if we can, you know, wind up here the next two weeks with this. Amen. You know, when, when you start thinking about practical religion, what James is trying to get us to see, as, as you hear me say this often, uh, in all the writings of the epistles, is they're trying to get us to see the application of this thing and how it should flow and apply to our lives. And that's what the old uh, after the church has started up the day of Pentecost, the writers now, which are the apostles of Jesus Christ, they began to share with us the things that the church should be doing and how the church should be operating and to show us how to just be true Christians is what it's all about. And so James here, is, he brings us into this focus in the first chapter. He says, if any man seems to be religious among you and brattle not his tongue, but deceive his own heart, this man's religion is vain. He says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fathers and widowless and keep themselves unspotted from the world. Amen. So we can see here, you know, he's trying to get us to see that we need to have this stuff manifested in us. It needs to be come us. And and then you're right in here, if you notice, he says pure religion means that which is genuine and sincere. We want to be the real deal. And that's why James breaks it down when you look at your paper. If you, you know, he talks about what true religion is, uh, uh, and then he talks about what fake religion is, and then he talks, he gives warnings at the end of it in the fifth chapter. Next week, we'll go through this fifth chapter of the warnings he gives. But he's back and forth throughout as you read this letter uh, to the church. You begin to see that he brings out points uh, that causes us to be true religions, and then he shows us things that are not, amen, uh, true religion. And he says here that real religions look like it does here in in his word. He says, he starts out by saying, you know, if count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. He says, is knowing that it is the trying of your faith that work at patience. But then he says, let patience have its own, is, is, you know, it's worked. In other words, give patience a chance. Let it work for you. You know, Jesus even tell us, in your patience, possess you your soul. You know, we have to learn how to wait, as Isaiah says. And this is what, you know, you'll find that they reach back to the Old Testament in Isaiah 40, 31. Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings, as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. When we have true religion, we won't give up. You see, it's what he's trying to get us to see here. He's trying to get us to count it joy when you're going through things. And what James has done now is he's reached across the boundaries to Peter, where Peter tells us in First Peter 4.12, Think it not strange concerning the fire trials which is to try you, but to what? Rejoice. See, there's something about praising God. When we're going through things, there's something about getting this mindset of Christ. 
That's why Philippians 2, Paul says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made him himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and then found in the likeness of man, he humbled himself. See, we've got to realize the more we praise God, the more we magnify God, the more that we exalt God, our focus come off of the things that is coming against us, and it stays on where we are headed and who we are worshiping. See, that's what Paul tells the church in Philippians 4. He says, rejoice evermore. Get in a habit of praising. Love praising God, magnifying God. You know, David, you know, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is with me. You know, and true religion, if we're not going to worship the one it's all about, then we're going to be fake. See, so James says, count it all joy. When you fall into what? Diverse temptation. See? He says, you need to realize that it's not coming from God. Temptations don't come from God. I hear people say, God must be tempting me. No, he isn't. The Bible tells you that. He says, God don't tempt anybody. But every man is tempted when he's what? Drawn away by his own lust and is enticed. See? God don't tempt people. That will, that goes against him. See? That's why Paul goes back at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Paul says, there is no temptation taken you, but such... 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is what? Faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape that you can bear it. God will give you a way out. See? But if you say God is doing it, And you are not going to look for the escape route. See? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and be saved. That is referring to a refuge. Say, God had the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt to identify seven cities to be refuge cities. And if they did something accidentally, they could flee into that city and be saved. Say, and, and they could stay there forever if they wanted to. As long as they stayed in the city, they was okay. <laughs> you know? And so this is the name of the Lord is like a strong city. And we can run into it and just stay there forever. We'll be saved. So we have to get into the mindset here of what James is trying to get us to see. Don't blame God when we're tempted. He says, every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust and is enticed. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Now notice the next little verse. Do not err, my beloved brethren. He says, so don't you... Do wrong. 
Don't let it get you. Don't err. Don't, don't get out of the way. See? He says, you don't let that happen. See, because lust, we know that what John talked about lust, all that is in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, he says it's not of the Father, but it is of the world. Say, Paul right into the church at Rome in Rome 7, 7, he says, I had not known that lust was a sin until I read in the law, I should not covet it. The Tenth Commandment, remember? I should not cover that neighbor's wife, his ass, his manservant, his maid, servant, his ox, and his ass, or anything's the neighbor. So Paul says, I didn't even know that, that lust was a sin until I read that. See? So, so we, we got to realize that true religion don't let these things in. See? And this is what James is saying that True religion is to visit the fatherless and the widows and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. See, when we become children of God, we bury the old man. That's why when you read the epistles, they are constantly telling you, don't let this be once named amongst you as becoming a saint or Christian. See, because why? You kill the old guy. He's not you. You're the new creature in Christ now. See, your mindset, your thought process is a whole different thing. How you look at it, how you look at the situation, how you look at what you're going through is going to determine if you're going to go forth or not go forth. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. It's a mind thing. That's why Paul, right into the church at Rome again in the 12th chapter, he says what? Let this mind, I mean, uh, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable servant. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. Renew your thinking. Say, don't don't look at what you're going through. Don't look at what you're facing. Yes, it's real. <laughs> yes, it's real. But you got somebody that's bigger than what you're going through. Set your affections on things above. Get in the habit of rejoicing. You know what? If, if, if I focused on every bit of bad news I got up during the day, I would come in here and you guys say, man, I, man, y'all need to do something for that guy. <laughs> but I purposed in my mind and in my heart to rejoice. When I get a phone call and somebody starts giving me negative stuff, my, I switch my mind. Cause I want to take them right back to something from the scripture. To bring them some encouragement. You know, I get it all the time. You know, I get these calls. Sometimes I call to check on folks and I'm just getting boom, boom, boom. I said, let me, let me tell you something good about God. <laughs> I can't keep listening to that. It'll pull me down into the dumps. Say, I got to build you up. Say, and usually when I get off the phone, they feel pretty good. <laughs> you know, so we, we got to change our mindset. So, so James is telling us here, amen, to, 
to keep ourselves pure, keep your thoughts pure, keep your mind pure. Don't let the, the, the world inundate you with negative thoughts and evil thoughts and this is going to happen and that is going to happen and stuff, you know. God's got it all in control. So we have to realize this thing. Look at Jude, verse 22 through 25. Jude in your Bible. Jude, verse 22 through 25. Jude says, on some, have compassion, make a difference. And others, say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even their garments, spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to what? Keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. Notice, to the only wise God our Savior be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and ever. Amen. Now verse 21, what does he say? Huh? Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. How do we keep ourselves in the love of God? Huh? Stay in the Word? Keep it stirred up. That's what Paul is telling Timothy. Stir up the gift that's in you. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the power. Amen. Keep it stirred up with praise and worship and reading the word. Amen. You can do this thing. See? Keep yourself in God's love. Amen. Just fall in love over and over. Remember that song? I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. Amen. Every day, just keep falling in love. Amen. With God. See? And then on some have compassion. Make a difference in somebody else's life. Help somebody else. As Abraham Lincoln said, when you get to the top, reach down, pull somebody else up. You know, we've got to. So James is trying to say, look, guys, you can do this thing. Pure religion. Amen. See, he says, keep yourself unspotted from the world. You remember in Acts 15, now, when the Gentiles first came into the church, they didn't know how to put them in there. So what did they tell them to do? It says, okay, they got to be pure. They got to be right. So he says, okay, four things we're going to tell them in the letter that they need to do to be a part of the church. One, abstain from fornication. Two, a thing from things that strangle. Three, thing for this blood. And four, uh, what's the fourth one? Let's see. Fornication. Idols. That's right. Thank you, sir. Worshiping idols. Amen. So those were the four things that they were to keep themselves from. Say. Because the Gentiles had, you know, if if I took a chicken and ringed him and his head is still on him and I kill him, guess what? His blood is still in him. See? You know, that's why, you know, they used to chop their head off so the blood would run out of them and stuff like that. Because they was abstained from blood, you know. And, (laughs) uh, (laughs) 
so we we have to we have to so James is trying to say look this is this is what pure religion look like see you you got to stay away from the wrong things now see you can't say that I'm part of Christ and keep doing the same or wrong things you know look at second Timothy 2:22 2 Timothy 2.22. Paul's tell Timothy, he says, flee you for lust. Get away from lust. There's that word again, because it's going to become sin, and sin is going to kill you. Says, so flee, get a run from it. Get on a track team, run. <laughs> but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Amen. Verse 23. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid. Knowing all they do is gender more strife, more arguments. Don't get into arguing with folks over some of this foolishness. Run. Get away from it. Okay. Verse 24. And the servants of the Lord must not Strive, but they must be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patience, and meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God by chance would give them to the repentance of their, their acknowledgement of the truth, that what? They may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who taking them captive at his will. See? We're the servants of the Lord. Remember what Isaiah 43.10, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I even, I am the Lord, and, you know, there is no Savior. See, so we as Christians has to realize now we've got a responsibility, as Jew says, pull them out of the fire. we got to be ready to teach. We've got to have patience. See, this is what true religion looks like. We can't say, I'm Christ and, and, and be all spotted in the world. It doesn't work. This is what James is trying to get us to see here. He goes on and says, that which God sees to be pure and undefiled. The one and only way of making holy impressions permanent is by translating them into Christian living. Notice here on your paper, on your page one there in in the Merriam-Webster thing. He says, that which God sees to be pure and undefiled is pure religion. The one and only way of making holy impressions permanent is to translate them into Christian living. In other words, you've got to live it. It's got to be a part of you. It's got to be your everyday life. Christ is in you. So he must be seen in you and everything that you do. 
your attitude, your character, you know, your demeanor, your decorum, everything about you should reflect him. Say, And so this is what James is trying to get us to see here, how to do this. And then he goes on and talk about the importance of helping others. Bring others along. Don't forget the elders. Don't forget the widowless, widows, excuse me, and their children. A lot of times, you know, if, if, if a woman is married to a minister or, or not even to a minister, but if she, her husband passed, you know, they're lonely. They need somebody to talk to. So Paul says, hey, don't forget them. Say, keep them encouraged. Look out for them. Help them along the way. Keep them focused in, in part. And keep yourself unspotted is what he's, he's trying to get us to see here in this thing that we're, we're looking at. And so he, he goes on and he talks about unwavering faith. He says, you know, if any of you like wisdom, he says, let him ask of God. Who give it to all men liberally and unbraileth not. And let him ask in faith. Not wavering. Believe it. Get to the mindset where we believe God's word. See, if I say I'm a Christian and I don't believe what I'm reading, it's kind of like, isn't that a, kind of like an oxymoron? <laughs> you know, if I don't believe what's here, what kind of example am I setting? See, this has to become who we are. If in the beginning is the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, He's given me an escape. He, he's trying to show me how to be what He wants me to be. See? So I have to be able to live it. So faith is unwavering in God. My trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. His ways is not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. That's why it says, acknowledge him. And he'll direct your path. He'll make a way of escape. He'll show you how to get out of it. So acknowledge him and learn to wait upon him. What is God trying to show me? What is God trying to teach me? So my faith, that's why Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, is designed to help us to build our faith. It's designed to help us. So this is what James is saying. Don't waver in your faith. Just hold on. Trust God. Believe God. Amen. Accept what is coming into your life. He says here, and learn how to endure temptation and recognize where these things is coming from and recognize the divine source of, of all our blessings is coming from God. He says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and it comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness nor shadows of turning. See, we have to learn to be doers of God's word, not just hearers. See, you gotta apply it if you, if you want to be like him and do what he's preparing for you. See? That's why David said, thy word have I hid in my heart so that I will not sin against thee. Amen. He daily loads you with benefits. 
So James is trying to show us here, you know, how that our good works should be incompetent with our faith in God. Here is what he's trying to show us. He goes on and talks about cooperating with and perfect faith. Look at chapter 2, verse uh, 21 through 25. See thou how faith, let me back up verse 19. Well, let's, let me go all the way back up a little bit to 17. He said, even so faith, if it have not works, it's dead. Being alone. It's just over there by itself. It ain't doing nothing. See, you have faith to put it in action. You got to do something with your faith. Remember what Peter says? He says you got to add to it. See? God gives to every man, Peter Paul says, a measure of faith. See, God says, okay, here, what are you going to do with it? That's, that's, uh, I, I kind of see God handing us stuff little bit by little bit. And, Cause he tells these parables about the man that gives out one talent, two talents, five talents. And then he goes and he comes back. Why is he telling us these stories? To see what we're going to do with what he's given us. See? So as, as a Christian, as true religion in Christ, whatever God gives me, I need to, Add to it. See? And, and so and Peter says, add to your faith virtue. See? I start out realizing, okay, I'm a Christian now. I can't keep doing the wrong old things that I always done because I'm going to always get the same old results I always got. See? So this is why they're calling for me to be pure. So notice, if I got faith in Christ, I got to get rid of some stuff, the evil. This is what James has said. Get away from evil. You know, don't allow, you know, the things that's going to distract and hinder you to be a part of your life. That's why Paul says, you know, he says, the servants of the Lord flee and follow after righteousness and peace and patience with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In other words, your heart is right. Your heart is clean. Your mind and thoughts are right in Christ. He says, follow those people. Don't keep going down the same old path of wrong, folks. Wrong is going to get wrong. What did Jesus say? If the blind follow the blind, they're going to fall in the ditch. So I need to follow people that are walking in the light. Because Jesus says, he that followeth me is not going to stumble. Because he's going to have the light of life. So Peter says, you add to your faith virtue, the virtual knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. He says, if these things be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren 
nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter one, verse five through 11. He says, but notice, he says, but if you like these things, what's the problem? I'm blind. And I can't see afar off. And I have already forgotten that God purged me from my old sins. He says, wherefore the rather brethren give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you're never going to fall. But what is going to happen? You're going to have an entrance right into heaven. See, so with my faith, I've got to add to it. I just can't set it on the side. Says, here, faith. See you tomorrow. <laughs> no, I got to have strong faith. If you look at Job, Job had some pretty strong faith, didn't he? Lord gave him, Lord take it away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand in the latter days upon the earth, and after the skin worms that eat this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. He knows, Job says, he knows the way that I take. And when I'm tried, I should come forth like gold. Think about it. Where did Job get all that stuff from? He started practicing it before it ever happened. All his problems that God even called him a perfect and upright man. See, and so James is saying here, he says, faith without works is dead, is alone. He said, yeah, man may say that I have faith and I have works. He said, well, you show me your faith without your works. And I'll show you mine by my works, is what he's saying. He says, you believe there's one God? He said, the devils also believe it, and he trembles. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? See thou how faith worked with works? And by works was faith made perfect. See, he did something with it, and it became perfect. He trusted, he believed God. That's why Abraham says, son, God will provide himself a lamb. You know, and when it was all said and done, God, you know, says, Abraham, I know now you will not withhold anything from me. He trusted him. Amen. He believed. See thou how faith worked and faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God. And it was imputed or charged unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise was also Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. See? He gives us some examples. Rahab, you know. If you go back and read that passage of Scripture, man, she, she was a believer. <laughs> she believed. When the spies came, you know what the first thing she said? Where you guys been? <laughs> we heard about already what you did back there. 
what God did for you in Egypt. We already heard. And we know he's going to give you this too. So she says, I need you to do me something, but I'm paraphrasing here. She says, when you guys come, she said, just remember my house and my father, you know. And they, they made an agreement with her. They said, okay, you take this cord and you hang it out the window and you make sure you got everybody in your house when we come and stuff and you'll live. But you go outside of this house, you know, then we're not, you know, are not responsible for your actions. And when they walked around that wall seven days and start shouting that wall fell, the first thing Joshua said is go in and get her and her family out of there. Her faith, she believed. And isn't it amazing how she rhymes up in the lineage line of the Lord? <laughs> God's ways, there's not our ways. He goes before us to make the way straight. Amen. So James is trying to get us to see here the value and the importance, amen, of the mark of true religion. Faith. Amen. Is the mark of true religion. Abstaining from temptations and lust is here. Amen. Keeping ourselves pure, helping the fatherless and widows in their situations. Amen. And let's let our good works grow in the things of God. And he says, these are some of the marks that we will see in true religion. And we'll grow in the things of God. Amen. Wow. Where did time go so fast? That was a quick 45 minutes. Amen. Sure, the devil didn't turn the hand. <laughs> Amen. So, and so we're, you know, we're going to look at this, and next week we're going to go through the fifth chapter. I want to try to close this out with the fifth chapter, but you, you will see here as you read this on your study on time, and you're looking, when you read this, you're looking for what truth is, and because he's back and forth as he writes. He tells you what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And that's throughout the whole, all of the epistles and everything else. As Christian, they said, look, this is what you should be doing. And this is what you should not be doing. That's why when you get to the third chapter of James, he starts talking about our tongue. He says, look, if you're a Christian, you need to learn how to brattle this bad boy. You know, he says, you don't let this just keep flapping and keep saying things and doing things, wrong things and speaking wrong things. He says, you have to learn how to control it. And that's why you got to go back and realize when we add to our faith, one of the things we add is temperance, which is self-control. Say, I have to be able to control me now. I, I can't allow myself to keep doing what I used to do. See, God has given me power to control me and to present myself the way that he wants me to present myself. So that's what the third chapter is all about. Second chapter, he's talking about respecting the people, you know, because we don't know. That's why when you get to Hebrews, it says, let us not be forgetful to entertain strangers because some has entertained angels unaware and all this stuff. We don't know who God is going to use and whose God is going to put in our path, Who how many angels is coming in through the doors of the church. That's why we got to treat people right. You know, because I, you know, I don't know what an angel look like. <laughs> you know, he might look like you, Brother Richard. <laughs> I hear this, Gary. <laughs> but we never know. We never know. You know, 
<laughs> and so we have to realize our, our actions. We should treat everybody as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. 